0: Welcome to The Jake Feinberg Show. I have done almost 2,000 interviews on my program with many different types of healers who have created a multisensory and non-Western pedagogy in their practices. The cats have had an impact on so many records that my generation and older generations have lived off for years. They play little parts and serve the song as conduits for information from the heavens. For the most part, the cats had a chance to play with the original masters of the music and learn to get out of their own way to become part of the musical conversation. One thing I've realized and been humbled by is the opportunity that has been given to me to gain knowledge and wisdom from these musicians, whose tales I share with people in all parts of the world via the internet. Call it mass distance education, if you will. I have the chance to talk with individuals who have been on this earth longer than myself, have experienced societal shifts, and have invented and reinvented themselves in different musical settings in different parts of the country as a rogue journalist i'm searching for that fine line of connection from mind to body to soul that's where the spirit emerges and that's what my whole show is about how to create spiritual music nate mercero welcome to the jake feinberg show
1: thank you jake i'm really happy to be here
0: it's such an honor to have you brother you know i just i wanted to um start by reading you this quote from uh the and then have you riff on it um, it's from yeah. uh, the drummer uh, Billy Kreutzman who was the Grateful Dead's drummer and uh, the question was what musician influenced you most and he said Elvin Jones one of Ch- Coltrane's drummers he said I couldn't steal a lick from the man and I wouldn't want to but what he taught me is freedom total freedom of expression that's it that it's legal to do anything you can think of And I wanted you to talk a little bit about, I mean, when I saw you live perform um, at the Libby Bowl and just sort of the stuff that I've checked out. I mean, you know, people will call your music experimental or, you know, they'll try to brand it or they'll try to label it. But to me, you're free. You're totally free. And I just wonder if you could talk about a musician. You know, maybe you could steal some licks from that person, but ultimately they taught you. Total freedom of expression.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to start here. And <laughs> I, think actually, I think it's actually great that you brought this up too, because it was kind of the reason that we reconnected was that I saw, um, I follow to G. Munoz, who's one of my favorite guitar players. I follow him on Instagram and he reposted a quote that you posted of his. And it reminded me of our connection that we made in Ojai. And I was like, "Oh, I got to hit this guy up. We got to do something."
0: Dude, and- I just got chills. No, because you know that's. Yeah, I just want to be clear. Like uh, that dude um, is one of my spiritual teachers, and I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, at the end of the, inter- I'm going to send you his phone number. You should connect with him because he is a, a a healer and a teacher on top of obviously just being. And I'm so honored that you saw that quote from one of our interviews and that's how we reconnected. Go ahead, Florio. Yeah, short.
1: that that would be amazing. I would Yeah. No, you're going to get cooked
0: up. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I yeah, I love to see I, I, he represents total freedom to me. And you know, I think there's a lot of musicians that I could mention but I'm I'm just going to talk about him cuz he's Please. like he's really special and I found him at a time in my life where it was really necessary to like see someone fully embodying that freedom and it, and it just inspired me to do you know whatever my version is of that because I like that quote that you said too uh because he was saying he's like I'm inspired by the freedom of the album but I also don't want to steal a lick from him you know because there's there's something about that too of just being inspired by someone's presence and their full like engagement with their thing and their exploration and their uh life their whole being like that's what I get from to CG. it's like I I listen to his music and it's, it's about that like whole journey that he goes on, that he takes you on, that he opens you up to. And I, I just, I love him. And I've never met him. I, I've bought, like, I've been buying his records kind of, you know, from his website, like, you know, piece by piece and just kind of getting CDs in the mail. And uh, yeah, I just find him really special. he He's really important to me.
0: and Well, uh, I just, it's such an honor that you're saying this because like, I mean, I'm not a musician, but yet I've spent a lot of time with him uh, when he yeah. lived in New York. Now he lives down in Norfolk. And I just feel like this is such a, you know, he can be a little bit hermetic at times. But the the power and the, and the spiritual burn and his own language, I mean, it's just not even the, the music part of it. He has given me so much spiritual strength. Uh, I can, and so I am so excited for you guys to connect And I know it's going to take on a whole life of its own musically as well. I mean, when you talk, I mean, like Billy Kreutzman, one of my favorite drummers, not a jazz drummer. And a lot of people would say that the Grateful Dead sometimes sound, the drummer sounded like shoes in the dryer, but, but you know, like it's that like pushing the boundaries as far as you can take it and you know i guess what i wanted to ask you about specifically is you know like i saw you have a gig coming up san francisco uh, jazz center i believe uh you're playing yeah. with my boy i gotta send you that interview idris akamore fucking oh, you the Amazing. oh yeah he's such a <laughs> badass that's why i knew we were like meant to be connected because i'm like the cat yeah. is totally hip to all the cats but um are you do you feel like um how? where are you at in terms of how satisfied are you in terms of the amount of opportunities you get to play live? Uh, mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, the set and setting is key. And if you're playing truly free music, I mean, I saw you play that day with that quartet and I could have listened to that for like hours. That was like yeah. it, it, beautiful, but yet the band that followed, I mean, they're my boys, Grateful Shred, but that's recognizable music as opposed mm-hmm. to playing, original expression and i just wonder how often you get a chance to play live and if you if you are yearning to actually perform live more
1: yeah it's a a good question because it's kind of got a few answers because i I actually do feel really uh satisfied and fulfilled especially in my community here in la like where we're, we're playing often and we're we're finding a lot of places to play there's concert series that like really support what we're doing there's something called floating there's something called the leaving records listen to music in the daylight under a tree series hmm. um, and there's the world stage in los angeles which is also great in Lamert park
0: oh i love that billy higgins's club
1: yeah exactly and uh carlos nino uh the percussionist i play with a lot he it's a venue hero. called unreal house uh which is in venice so i i feel really actually positively about the scene in LA right now and the people I'm connecting with and the people I'm playing music with here. And, but there is another part of it too, where sometimes, uh, you know, I I do want to share it in other contexts. I want to travel more. So, you know, I I think I kind of accept all of it as just kind of where I'm at, you know, because I've also haven't been pursuing this type of thing that long. I've been doing a lot of like production work and songwriting with people. So this part of my musical life where I'm doing this, like kind of, uh, in the moment expression and releasing those type of recordings that represent that that's, that's relatively new for me too. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely interested in doing more of it and sharing more of it live and touring and traveling more, but, but I also feel really good about where it's at right now. So it's, it's kind of both things.
0: I dig. Um, what was the, can you talk a little bit about, I, I know you've done a lot of production work with a lot of cats, a lot of heavy cats. And I just, was there, um was it kind of like a, a lot of hard work and then you ran into some luck? How did you actually get connected uh, to people that eventually, you know, people were like, wow, this guy is a seriously great producer?
1: Yeah, there's a few things that happen. I mean, I was a touring guitarist for years. That that was kind of my thing. And even before that, I was just like, "How can I make a living playing guitar?" So like, my whole kind of musical reality started in this really broad way of like, "Let me play the hotel restaurant gig. Let me let me teach some lessons. I'll, I'll play some weddings. I'll also do my own music. I'm just gonna do it all." And so everything from that point has kind of been like getting more and more into what i'm into i guess like i'm discovering it as i go from like this broad place to maybe even a more specific place but also within that specific place i'm finding more and more detail so you know i went i was like touring with sheila e for five years that was a big gig for me oh my god yeah and then from there i would i would play with uh with letacy uh jennifer hudson i had this really broad like kind of touring guitarist life where i was interacting with a lot of different people and then i would end up recording on their albums And then maybe we'd write a song at soundcheck or something, you know, and then that would make it on the record. These like kind of writing credits started trickling into my, uh, my, I guess, credit list, you know, and, uh, I had some friends who, you know, this is when I was living in the Bay area. So I had some friends who were in Los Angeles who were kind of getting involved in, uh, you know, record producing and songwriting and in that kind of, you know, pop music world. And, uh, I started, you know, coming to their sessions and writing with them. And it was just this kind of slow progress towards this thing that, you know, at a certain point, it just, I just looked at the credits list and I was like, Oh, there's things happening here. And a close friend of mine, a guy named uh, Ricky Reed uh, who's a producer for folks like Lizzo and uh, many others. He was like, let's, let's do some stuff together. Let's make some records. So he kind of brought me in to his world, which was my first like official step into uh kind of like producing records and uh yeah we, we that started a lot that was almost the domino that kind of pushed the others over and then once that happened and there's like a couple big records out or, or bigger than anything I, that I had done until then uh that just kind of started opening doors and uh and then even more recently uh I I had always been doing my own music and I had always been doing, uh, just various projects and uh, I reconnected with Carlos uh, last couple years too at the townhouse because my band was playing there and we played a set and after the set he comes directly on stage and he's like he like starts like expressing to the audience like wow this was this was special like, that <laughs> moment he was like, he's like anything you want to do together like on stage he's like anything you want to do let me know like and I was like oh this guy's for real like he's in it you know and like we connected so deeply so quickly that he introduced me to his world that I was already kind of like adjacent to with the music I was making. And then we just like really formed a, a really special bond that we're still, you know, exploring today and making a lot of records together playing on each other's albums. So I, I kind of, between all of this, I feel like I'm, I'm working and making music and expressing in this like really like expansive way. And that's how I like it. Cause I feel like I can, interact with like the type of performance and records that you saw in Ojai and then also I'm making uh just things that kind of end up in a more pop space or kind of anywhere in between too I I really look at it as all one thing I
0: dig man no it's it's I just I want you to talk to the audience I mean one of the things that I recognize about the record that I and the period of time and music that I love so much, the early 70s, you still had uh, Oren Keepnews, Joel Dorn, Jerry Wexler. A lot of the guys that were producing records were, were music fanatics. And so they really had a good taste in music. And I just, you know, I'd love you to talk, maybe give an example of how, uh, how you create an, a vibe in a more pop bag with an artist where the music can still uh, feel good. I mean, so much pop music today, um, at least to my ears, a lot of it, a lot of electronic tracks. um, Sometimes there's a lot of audit. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but there's just a lot of people who they're getting a lot of acclaim and I'm not sure if they could even perform live, Mm -hmm. you know, but so I'd love you to talk about how you make a session – as authentic and burning as possible because the Carlos Nina world that you kind of found your way back into, I mean, that's my world, but yet the pop world is really how you sing for your supper. Right. I mean, so I'd love you to talk a little bit about how you create a vibe in a less human time in the studios and music in this time.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, When I said it's all one thing, I mean that in the sense that when we're in a session or I'm I'm writing with someone or I'm making music with uh, Carlos or, you know, Josh Johnson or or any of these musicians who are kind of in that side of uh, music that I'm in, it's we're opening ourselves up to that spontaneity and like that kind of in the moment, how are we feeling? How are we communicating? And playing from there. And I bring that same thing that I experienced with uh Carlos and, and my records into the pop session. It it still starts from there. It's still that like really oh, up to that place. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I can't speak for everybody else, you know. But and and sometimes I do that and and it 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 works really well. Sometimes I do it and it kind of it can confuse people. Sometimes I do it <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes I do people get really excited. You know, I I I really don't think there's that much of a difference between like the best uh pop musician or and by the best, I mean someone who is uh the most open to this type of uh like creation, like the most open creative person. I think there's like a lot of similarities there. And it's it could feel very similar where it's like, oh, this is just happening, like like things they're kind of unexpectedly coming up. There's like communication happening between the people in the room and the sounds that are happening. And there's these like unexpected, uh, beautiful moments and wow. synchrony that occur. Th- those happen in both spaces. And really it starts from that same place in both contexts and really any context. That's the thing I, I bring. Cause that's what I'm interested in. And then what happens after is kind of where the things, you know, go to their respective worlds, like with, uh, myself and Carlos and, uh, um, yeah, I'll just speak about me and Carlos because we're so deep in music making right now. We oh. we tend to preserve as much as possible of like that like excitement, that kind of unexpectedness, that uh, curiosity in the music. Like we're like highlighting those moments and we're magnifying them. <laughs> so we our our editing process goes more towards that type of thing, and it's like we we've had experiences in life that you know lead us to like these places of being like, okay, uh, seven minutes into this song, we're going to create this huge rush of wind, you know, and like in our, in our, with our instruments. And like, we, we just have this language that we're speaking that like, uh, you know, feels really good for us and makes sense for that type of music. And then in the pop world, it's, it's really not too much different, but you're just making choices based on where that music is going to go. So, you know i also make choices for preservation in that context i'm I'm often fighting for the preservation of those type of moments in the pop world because you know there there is a tendency in some of that music to make like a safer choice or to
0: absolutely man yeah, I, that's it, what i'm saying yeah, to make a, is, yeah. go
1: ahead yeah to make a broader choice to like oh. uh, to make something like oh we, we can't do that because that that's too crazy you know but but I think the best pop music ends up doing those crazy things and they end up having the broad appeal. So it's like, I really appreciate
0: you. You got to open me up to some some of this stuff because I'm so tunnel visioned in the, yeah. Nina, in the, in the, to CG burn, Nina, Mercer burn. I just am like, there's, but I, I know what you're saying is true. Is there an example yeah. uh, that you can talk about where preservation ruled the day in a pop record that you produced and and i'm going to go listen to it after to hear some of that spontaneity
1: yeah let me think about that um
0: if, if you want to think about it, we can come back to it later i'm just you know it is like yeah i i think this is so important man and i also wanted to ask you without alienating the 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 the, the, the leader of the of the <clears throat> of the album do you feel in some ways i mean miles was like a zen master i mean my interviews with McLaughlin or Billy Cobb and Dijonette. I mean, he had the craziest way of getting into these guys' heads. Next thing you know, they don't even know what they're doing, but they're playing, yeah. and it's perfect. And I just wonder, you know, in your own way, I mean, I can tell you're, you know, a very beautiful cat with a beautiful heart, but do you feel like part of your responsibility, especially with a pop artist, you know, without – making sure that it's still going to get to the pop charts. Do you feel like it's your job in some ways to get them out of their original mindset and sort of push them out of their comfort zone or. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you think even in the studio, you still try to do that. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I try to do that, you know, with the conversations that we're having before the music is made. Cause so much happens in those moments too, with like songwriting and like, you know, like I, and I'm not, I'm not a pushy presence, but I am like gonna show up with my full energy and my full energy is someone who wants to connect, wants to kind of, you know, get to the the core of something, you know. And and I, I wanna like huh. and I and I also I've found such richness in music in my life and such like deep experience with it and with uh just the 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 beautiful relationships I have with with musicians and friends who who I I, I call like truly close like family friends, you know, and I sometimes feel like my, it is my job to be like, Hey, that's available. That we can all do that. Like, you know, it's, it truly is available for all of us. Like, I we, love we this, dude. There. You know, right. and like uh, you yeah. can go there in any context that you're really, that you're, you're ready for, you know? So I, I'm not sitting in, in sessions being like, listen to Pharaoh Sanders like right now, <laughs> you know, <I'm>, like, <laughs> no, I want time. you to
0: talk how, 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 because it's really important, man. Like, because like, I'm not a producer, but sometimes my anxiety will, lead me to become too pushy so I want you to talk about how you stay in your be, you bring that presence enough though that it's it's comfortable enough to the leader to be open-minded to actually take suggestions I think this is so important
1: yeah yeah and I really do it without saying much I just I don't I don't even the things we're talking about it's all kind of just happening for me like mm-hmm. I'm just going in and, and being myself and then I'm referencing these things you know I'm I'm pulling these things in and I'm I'm not even bringing it up as like something that oh you should know this or you should know that I'm just kind of doing it and then if I do it and there's a good response like in the room then it's like all right we're 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 cooking. you're cooking baby go. yeah no. baby so that's that's when it gets really fun that's when I that's when I start to feel like safe I guess too and by safe I mean safe to fully express myself because I I do also relate to you on kind of like there is a element of like are they going to be able to accept this accept me basically are they gonna be able to accept what i'm bringing you know and accept who i am because that that is kind of what it's like when you're doing these uh more pop sessions where the the kind of uh the name of the game can be a bit more fast-paced where you're like okay you're in a room with these people today you're in a room with these people there there is an element of that so it's kind of like
0: because you know what the truth is that well you make a good point because you know, blood sweat and tears they'd have they would rent out rca studios for two weeks you know you i mean the, the studio time right. is so you know it's so, so there is an element of like getting through it i wonder about also how much creative control i mean you have the production credit but if like i just wonder about is there somebody over you that could potentially like essentially like an editor uh or do you have full creative control of the creation of the
1: tunes that yeah that that's very circumstantial depending on uh which artist I'm working with, which other producers I'm working with? There's been a few records that I've felt like I was able to follow it through, like all the way with the artist and the label and everybody, but also to be like very honest the la- like the last like maybe three years um sorry, the last like two years have been me starting to produce records with artists top to bottom, just me. And that has allowed me to kind of see things through more. So that that music is actually still coming out. So a lot of the production credit I have is actually my collaboration with other producers too. I did, I
0: dig. So,
1: um
0: But so in this sense, the but, last couple of years, you've made a concerted effort to really just channel the Mercero uh, ethos into the music and you don't have anybody cut it, you know, clipping stuff.
1: Uh, yes, you yeah. could. You could definitely say that. And, and I'm starting to do that more and I, I find it really, uh, uh, fulfilling, but also, you know, I I don't want to write off the previous work cause I did it with like friends like Ricky Reed and, and we, we have a, a working relationship where we kind of, you know, you use each other's strengths, you know, to create something that we couldn't make alone either. So, you know, there, there are circumstances though, like where records are being made and then they get to a certain point and a label uh person or uh someone with you know basically the the money is kind of uh-huh. being like I oh, gotta do something more like this and that is admittedly can be very difficult for me sometimes it's not difficult I, I think it it really depends on the communication because like that's what I'm really interested in is kind of having a, a good communication experience with people and and when things kind of come from the top down that are that feel like they're kind of squishing me or like kind of like making me like kind of dampen my natural energy that that is becoming more and more difficult for me to deal with but at the same time I haven't experienced it too much and I have a pretty good radar for when that stuff starts to happen so I kind of just like energetically <laughs> can go like okay if that's if that's happening that's fine I've done what I'm going to do on this piece of music you know like we'll, we'll finish it and I'll I'll kind of energetically place it where it needs to go, you know, and then kind of like. But I'm not saying it's not painful sometimes, because sometimes you're like, man, I love this, and and an opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, because well, no, but making- what
0: I'm saying, what the larger point is that what's happened at a grand scale. Clearly, you have your own genius, and you found your kind of your purpose in life. But at the grand scale, it's like the bean counters which the people with the money are making calls about the art and that's when it just drives me insane you know it's like there was this magical period in art history where the bean counters were making a lot of dough and they were like you know okay well these guys are making us money we're going to leave them alone you know i remember talking to john densmore about that and like you know electra was basically a boutique label and those cats were like everybody's in the black we're all doing okay and They're making good music. Let's leave them alone. And then when you get those people that come in over the top, start to dampen you, um, again, you know, I, I guess maybe if you could talk, this is also very important, not that, you know, but you are a gifted player. Um, you know, people, how have you just learned to get out of your own way, kind of lose your ego because, um, that's a long process for people. And, you know, for me, pride can get in the way. Sometimes I'm getting much better at just sort of letting things completely go, but I just, and I I also work for myself, so it's not a big deal, but did you have a a experience like early in your, in your career where it was uh, you recognize that you, you know, you're, you're just playing your part in this whole thing. And that, um, you know, you realize that, you know, it, That just to kind of get out of your own way and and really learn to check your ego at the door.
1: Yes, I have had a lot of experiences like that, but it's interesting because it kind of came from a place of actually just feeling excited to be like called by someone like Sheila E. to play guitar for her. So like it's experiences like that that made me go like, you know what? I'm just gonna be that guitar player. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn a lot of like Prince guitar. I'm gonna learn a lot of this type of thing. I was so hungry and interested in like these other worlds that I I didn't really feel like it was an ego check. It felt more just like, let me just get involved in this thing and just do this. And that's
0: absolutely, I mean, that's the opposite of what I'm saying. I mean, because you're basically embracing whatever they're asking you to do. You know, you're not like, I'm going to go in and do my own thing.
1: But what's interesting now is like, since my, my kind of musical, you know, and life journey has been this thing that started so broad, and so just grateful to be making music as a living in general. And now it's kind of getting into this closer space of like, okay, well, what do I actually want to do, you know, with music, which is why I've started to release my own records in the last few years. It's like, I don't want to say I'm building my ego up because that's not really it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like really starting to stand for things that I really like, like kind of believe in. So it, uh, it's actually becoming even more difficult for me to kind of like put that aside. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I really believe in this thing. So it's like,
0: well, I would say this, this is, I, this cool. just popped into my head. The word that you're talking about is legacy, what you stand for. And so I think part of the angst, if you're feeling the angst is recognize that a lot of the creation that you're doing now, you know, is going to live on long after you've left this planet. And I realize that about my own work too, like it's inspiring people today and that's all I care about, but it also is going to have shelf life long after we've left this planet. And and so, you know, take, you have the red, you have so many chapters left to build a legacy of things that you believe in. And, you know, it, it and, and the idea that if it doesn't necessarily take on some real relevance in this lifetime, it will go on long after you have left this planet, man.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, you know, because I, I am expressing like a little bit of uh. I guess there's a little bit of frustration, but it's it's because of uh, it's because of something that feels really true and like special to me, you know, and and that's that's what I was saying. I was saying something earlier where I was like, as I get more into the specific place, there's actually more there. It's like, you you can't go deep enough into music everything like the, the further you go there's just more and more and more and it's it's just this amazing place to like explore and express yourself and you know this is just where I'm at as a 34 year old man on the planet right now you know I, I, I'm not nah, making any you're
0: great man you're I'm not great. making any like, <laughs> like uh,
1: <laughs> no predictions for how I have to be and no like apologies for how I've been either you know it's just kind of like this is just where I'm at it's like these worlds are opening up and I, and I feel so lucky to be able to explore them with like great depth and a share of this enthusiasm that that's really what I tried to, to share with it, you know? And, um, Well,
0: know, that was the, f- the first time I met you. <laughs> I I mean, cause that's, I, I'm just like sort of like, you know, a dog with a bone, you know? And I was like so fired up and, and that energy sometimes can by less secure people can be misconstrued. And I feel like going back to the production hat for a minute, I mean, yeah. I just feel like there are people you know, that you must have come in contact with who maybe have no clue some of the suggestions you're making or some of the things you know are going to work and either they've never done it before or it's just so far outside their comfort zone that it's just – that to me is the genius and the and the ability to sort of make it work when you can get somebody who's got a deer in the headlights look or they're really – and yet you still through your own temperament can get them to a point when the where the the music is not just palatable but you know there's a there's a soul element to it and that's really yeah. you know there must be i mean what do you do with people who are looking at you like you're born cross-eyed you know when you're making suggestions <laughs> because they've only worked with a you know i don't know i would love you to talk about i think it's just really important because like you said communication and earnest energy is absolutely I, I could not have said it any better in terms of the ability to then create good music
1: yeah yeah you know when I'm in those situations where I'm feeling like I I'm not connecting or, or like I feel like I'm not able to like really bring my full thing it's uh it can be hard you know but at the same time it, it only takes one little moment of like that working for some people to be like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I well,
0: did.
1: I, see how this I did. Uh, wow. Yeah, and and it's like sometimes just of like just it's a it's trust. That's really what it is. You're trying to build trust with somebody who's who like might not have experienced the thing that you're you're going for or that you're doing. And then it, when it works, it, there's like it's just one of those feelings in the room where people are like, "Whoa, like that's that's really special," you know? And it's like, "Yeah, we could get there," you know? So, I I try to persevere really you know just kind of like just like ask for some trust and like openness to like let's just explore this you know like I love that exploratory period of like writing a song it's that's the best to me is like when it's first starting and you have you know these really long form kind of open ideas before we're trying to like you know kind of put it in which before we're trying to carve it into the you know perfect uh thing of course of
0: course Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that's I love to spend a lot of time there. Cause that's, that's when like that trust could be established. So I, I really try to establish that trust conversationally, like talking a lot before making music. Like I was, I was in a session with, I mean, I mean, I guess I could name almost anybody I've worked with, but like just recently I was in one with Sean Mendez where we talked for like three hours and we just got into what life was like. And then the song happened in like 10 minutes after that. Wow, And it's like, Sometimes that's how it goes. You're just like, oh man, we just, we actually just connected. We, we, we got together. We talked about what's going on. Like that, that's where that trust happened. And then the song just kind of took care of itself because, you know, it was a result of this nice time we had together. This, this like connection we made.
0: Talking to Nate Mercero here on the Jake Feinberg show, having a ball. I, uh, (laughs) when you work with Carlos Nina, um,
1: it's uh, Nino, by the way. Nino,
0: wanted... Nino. Excuse me, Nino. Um, yeah. a, a You know, um, when you talk about uh, that sort of uh, environmental sounds or like the ability at the seven-minute mark to turn into some sort of huge wave or natural progression, is that stuff – like I, I noticed when I was uh, – when you guys played, even though it was a short – it was a criminally short set. I, I I felt like a lot of it was telepathic. Would you say that you, before a set of that kind of music, do you sketch some stuff out or will you kind of just make eye contact and say, you know, elements or, I mean, how spontaneous, yeah. how much planning goes, if at all, goes into these performances where you're adding all this, this, uh, you know, ethereal sound
1: yeah yeah i would say we do both of those things sometimes we show up and we're just like there's no plan we're just feeling it let's just go you know and that that happens often and then other times you know we will have a light sketch but it's it's interesting things or interesting things to us where we're just kind of like okay let's start let's start this one huge like a big wave of like love and then let's let's bring it down let's exist in this place for a while and then maybe uh after that we'll go to this progression that like maybe uh Carlos and I will be like, okay, we're gonna go to that place. That that place, like we have, uh, fun terminologies that we like to use, like, oh, let's go in the forest here, you know, and that that means something for me and Carlos, you know, where we're like, let's, I'm gonna play a certain type of chord that like feels exploratory. And, oh, I like, love it.
0: I Carlos love it. Carlos
1: might go into his kind of like, uh, nature sounds or play play a, you know, a, a piece of uh, brush that he that fall, fell from a tree on the side of the road, or, or I might do like my. Uh, kind of bird call impression, you know, like, and it's, uh, that's how we like to do it. And I think it's just because that's kind of how we live our lives, too. Like, we we love, I love going in the ocean, you know, like, I have a a lot of connection to, like, the natural places and uh, just things like wind energy and just kind of existing with no tempo, but also multiple tempos at the same time. Like, we just kind of try to i guess we don't even try honestly it's just what we do it's like it's it's the place that we're excited to explore these days so it's it's completely free even when we have these little structures it's like if it doesn't happen that's also fine we just kind of like go and that's always fun at the end of the show we look at each other like hey we didn't do that thing but this thing happened you know so dude, it's like... it is
0: so organic and it's so burning and i was just that dude was like he was channeling like aerto with all that percussion he had he had like you know yeah, rubber yeah. rubber carlos, chicken it's insane
1: carlos is a very special um musician and presence not only for me but for a lot of people in los angeles and around the world he he's very incredible uh producer in the way that he brings people together and he's a supportive exploratory presence and I, i've learned a lot and continued to learn a lot from him and uh I think the reason we've just been making so much music is that we we just connect in that way. And, you know, I I offer my presence as well. And it's like, very it's very supportive. You know, we we have, um, him and I work together a lot with other guests too. So we kind of bring our thing and bring people into it. Like we've done trios with Idris Ackermore, which was, you know, transcendent and incredible. Because Idris is like an elder to us. And to play with him and for him to connect with, us and ah, us to with him. it sick. was like oh wow we're like multi-generational like friends you know like we just like because uh, when we play with Idris the few times and when we're going to play again uh we we didn't make any plan it was just like let's let's go and it was like amazing experience Idris w- plays on another level I, I truly think he's an incredible person and musician so yeah that's a that's a long answer to your question no it's, it's just fine it really, that's I
0: mean he's a yeah. I mean, a bunch of stuff is going through my head. Idris is such a a magical cat. I mean, did I if if somebody listens to this interview tomorrow, two weeks, seven years from now, hmm. and <clears throat> do you believe that you can, based on your own experience, do you believe that you were so in this formula trip, not musically, but like the idea that every college has a jazz program now. Every school has a music program. You go back to the late 60s, it was Berkeley, North Texas, maybe one other school, but for mm-hmm. the most part, it was street scholars. You were just learning to play off by ear off records of the radio and basically learning on the bandstand. And I just wonder what you would say to younger cats who are interested in the conversation like we've been talking about interested in production, maybe not totally trusting their instinct and intuition, but they have some of these natural skills. Did you take the path of the academy? Do you believe it's a necessity in music today?
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of things going through my mind. I I would say the simplest thing I could say to a young musician, and and I'm kind of thinking of myself when I was younger now, like, what would I have wanted to hear? And it's like, like, really trust and love yourself through your exploration process because the things that make you feel emotion or the things that you're feeling are true for you and if, and if you're expressing them and exploring them through music and you're finding fulfillment through that that's it go further into that go further into those things even if they're strange or like they, they feel like maybe they're not uh what you've heard before, I, that's like the the special place that you can really continually like go to. It's it, music is endless in that way. And it's, it's always there for you. And it's, it's just really special. So I, I would encourage, you know, uh, young Nate or any young person to just like really value your own feelings and your, and your body feeling when you're making music and just kind of give yourself to that experience. And, and it's, it's really you can love yourself and life a lot through that type of uh, expression and that experience. Did you, did
0: did you, did you, you say that young Nate because maybe you were hearing some really cool sounds that you possibly uh, walked away from because you were like, this is too weird. Or did you actually.
1: A little bit of that. It's more that I. I was kind of like, okay, I love music. I am like, this is in- incredible. I like, got so many things. I'm playing an orchestra. I'm playing French horn. I'm playing guitar in the jazz band. I'm in the marching band in French horn. I'm like, listening to classical music. I'm listening to like punk rock and like jazz. And it was because I also came up when it was like YouTube was first coming out. So I had everything available to me. So it was just amazing to like discover music. And I I pretty quickly was like, okay, how do I do this? Like, I I wanted to like make a living at it. So I I kind of went to the route of like, okay, I could like, play uh, for other people, I could learn, I could be a craftsman on the guitar, I could could become incredible at this instrument. And like, I could do anything, you know, if I could do that. So I, I don't, I guess I get emotional talking about it. Because now when i make music i actually remember that age quite a bit when i'm making Uh as if i'm going back to that first time where i'm like oh yeah this this fully exploratory thing and i'm also not saying i got hurt or jaded too much by the other process it it was it was what it was and it continues to be but i i am making music now that really taps into that thing and it's almost like 15 year old me is like catching up to 34 year old me now and he's like invited again you know wow wow wow,
0: that's powerful shit
1: yeah. So I, I just really feel it, uh, strongly when I talk to younger musicians, like, yeah, there there is a way to like practically get good at your thing. If, if if you, if that's a desire you have to, you know, to like be able to do multiple different things. It was the path that I took is the path that leads me to where I'm at right now. It's why I, you know, am in the position I'm in, you know, and I, I'm super grateful for it to be able to interact with all these different things. And if there was something through the process that, I wanted to pay attention more. It is that like body feeling of just like pure expression and like loving it and just that like pure presence. So that's, that's the thing that I value so much in my life now. And I I valued it through that time as well, but I'm just like, I'm really honing in on it these days. So I, I encourage people to allow that to be meaningful for them.
0: Easier said than done when you're like a teenager and like not so self-assured, but you know, as you get older, more experienced, I love that you're able to part of it all, part of it's also just staying youthful and and staying inspired within the music i mean are you i going back to the question i asked you before about <clears throat> playing live um do you feel like within these i think it's also beautiful that you have all these live gigs but um can you talk about like the a certain band are you able to play with the same cats and in one of these gigs whether in Venice or locally where you know you start to we talked about trust before but if you're meeting somebody in the studio for the first time it's going to take a minute to build trust and do you have a working band on the bandstand that um the trust is there so that you feel like you're all breathing like one living breathing organism
1: yes definitely and also that band is kind of turning into more of a I don't even know if collective is the right word, but just kind of like people I know Uh that are like-minded and open to it. So a lot of it happens with Carlos and I. um, And we have a trio with a keyboardist uh, named Surya Bodeficina, who you might be aware of. Um, He grew up um, here in California uh, on the ashram uh, that was uh, created by Alice Coltrane. So he kind of grew up watching her and learning from her how to play organ. And he also toured with the Alice Coltrane singers when they put that record out, uh, several years ago now. So Surya, um, myself, Surya and Carlos have been going, uh, deep together and playing a lot. So that, that trio has its own thing. We also play a couple of my records feature, uh, a saxophonist named Josh Johnson and, uh, that trio also with the drummer Jamyre Williams, um, is pretty well documented on a couple of my records and uh yeah and and there's like i mean i I could kind of go down the list of, of people but those uh oh, will logan in new york too the drummer um and uh aaron shaw saxophonist uh yeah i mean we we have this kind of ever-growing group but those two i i'd say myself suri and carlos we're, we're really in on that trio these days we have a trio record that is uh Made right now, we have um another one that's kind of waiting in the wings that was recorded live at uh, this place called the Church of Sound in London. Um, yeah, so I, we ha- we do have kind of like a band in a way, but it's also it's quite open to kind of who's available. and then the sound kind of morphs depending on that. that that's why, like that that trio is going to San Francisco, and Idris is going to join us. and we've never played. So, like, uh, myself, Carlos, have played with Idris. Uh, Surya has not. But there's just total trust that it's going to Oh,
0: that thing's going to – you're below the roof off that place, dude. That's yeah, unbelievable. I, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I,
0: do you have – is there – do you guys – I mean, because it's – you talk about availability, which is yeah. hard because, you know, you got to take certain gigs and, you know, production. I mean, do you have – do you guys – I mean, because you love each other so much and you're playing so much cosmic music, are you jonesing to sort of road dog it together and see where the, I mean, after two or three weeks that, that some of those tunes might, You, I mean, you go into the stratosphere or maybe you already have done that, but I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know I mean? It, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I'm not super interested in road dog.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a rough, <laughs> dude. It is, I'm telling you, man, you gotta be cut from a certain cloth in today's world because, unless you're doing it in grand style and you're like tower of power or something, some note, you know, otherwise it's, you're dogging it. So I don't blame it's you. It's tough. Man.
1: I've also been in that world before. Cause I spent so much time like touring with, with artists, you know? So it's, it's not that I'm opposed to it. Like we, we just went to Europe, you know, last year with that trio and played for about a week and a half, you know, like uh, five, six shows, which was amazing. And then we came back, we did the New York jazz festival. We did five, six shows in like five days. So, you know, we, we're not opposed to getting involved and in doing it, you know, but I also am like, you know, I'm, I have a, I have a young daughter. She's a year and a half old. And uh, I have a studio at home here and we make so much music in LA and we're traveling to San Francisco. I, I guess I, I like to find the balance of it. I, I'm I'm fully immersed in the music and I feel really great about it. Um, And if someone asks us, you know, there's an, there's an opportunity for us to like go on a month long tour. I, I think we'll do it, you know, but also I I'm not necessarily putting pressure on that situation. I think if that type of thing comes up naturally based on the music and the way it's resonating in the world, then we'll we'll be there for it for sure. You know? Hey but man, yeah you got like, I
0: mean, you know, and uh, uh, my god, my my daughters are 17 and 11 and it goes so darn fast that that yeah. young period is when they're babies, it's just it breaks your heart open and you can dream more and i would you know i i I, and you know what you don't have to do it so unless it you know organically comes around and it makes sense but i just think knowing the kind of attitude that you guys take to the bandstand it would be like tour de force kind of stuff it'd be very fire we're
1: we're, 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 we would love it you know we're aware of it you know we we feel really strongly when we're in these places it's meaning for us meaningful for us to go to places like you know uh, uh across the world and, and do what we do it's it, like it, we don't take it lightly you know so and there's also so many records you know like we're we're really deep in the studio so the the music is happening all the time you know even even when we're not like build as often you know like we're totally each no i dig
0: i you're, you're 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 just you're just in a bath a sonic bath all the time
1: yeah so, yeah we're, we're doing it you know, so yeah
0: i you know I often, uh, I have, uh, my show revolves around the four L's and one of the L's is, is life. And mm. what I mean by life is, uh, overcoming adversity. And I was hoping you could talk about a time in your life when you were really fighting it or you were really struggling with an issue or how to deal with it, but ultimately how you overcame it and how it made you a stronger person.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A few things come into mind, but, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever been a person who has hit like a, I guess, a Hollywood version of rock bottom, but I've also been in a place like kind of before my child was born where I was kind of making decisions that weren't really respectful to myself. And I was I was doing things that were, you know, just, I, I, it's just kind of all the, all the stuff I was doing a little bit, you know, and it was kind of like, it was because I wasn't really honoring who I was. And I, I was feeling like I wasn't able to just be myself like, and I, and the things that I was doing was actually masking that even more. It's like, I was becoming a person who is, using uh marijuana to the point where it was like oh uh i'm i'm me still but i'm me influenced by this thing or i'm me influenced by that or it could even be something like oh i'm me too influenced by the uh, opinion of others i'm me too influenced by the outside world like what what is my like uh, who who am i i guess it was it was kind of like a, a crisis of that type of thing and just like i was i was like kind of at, at risk of losing the, you know, the relationship that I'm currently in. And like, yeah, I just, yeah, man. I, I just kind What, what, what have... was the,
0: and this is very important because yeah. we all are fighting that all the time. But I mean, to me, how did you, how did you come back from that brink to preserve the relationship and then authentic? I mean, cause to me, it's a fine line. I mean, you know, Steve Gadd, I mean. He was so, he he was so addicted to hard drugs that he had to move. He was the number one studio cat in the city. He had to move out of New York. He he couldn't see his kids. He almost lost everything, and that's the extreme, you know. But ultimately, like, what was the the moment or what was the point that sort of brought you back from the abyss, and now gives you you can honestly say, well, nobody's perfect. You're more Nate Mercerow in the flesh than being masked by other things
1: yeah i mean man it was really that thing that you almost just said right there which was like i i need to know who i am i need to it it's it's for my benefit and it's for the it's for it's for this cosmic benefit to like allow myself to be the most myself and to kind of like let go of these judgments and like just like because it's it's the relationship with the other person the relationship with my daughter the relationship with the outer world that is all kind of secondary to the relationship with myself and it's like do i really love being alive you know do i really love doing this you know uh, uh. and and i had to be like yeah i do but i have to push everything else out because it all starts with the relationship with myself and the, the love starts there and you know I, I guess it's a little hard to talk about because there's certain things that I I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying publicly. But I'm also absolutely trying to, not.
0: No, don't you don't have to. I'm no, I I, to, I understand. Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah, but I'm also trying to get to the core of this feeling, which is incredibly meaningful to me. Of just like, yeah, like truly loving it and myself and allowing myself to just just be and and it was a curiosity really that kind of made me go like why have I been uh there this, this was this question I was saying I was like why why have I been uh like avoiding this like what what's behind this and when I started like really looking at it there were just so many things that I was kind of like hey, what's behind this door what's behind this door and then I to go back <laughs> oh, you know man. to like really Early things in your life where you're like, oh my goodness. Like since I was, I guess the age 15 for me comes up a lot, which I must something must have happened to me at that point where I was just like made a, a shift to like try to become something, like instead of allowing myself to become. So well,
0: that's the whole thing you would ch- <clears throat> it's you nailed it because in this entire conversation, you've been. I'm a Taoist. You know, I received the Tao like 10 years ago and it just fundamentally changed who I was. It All my habitual nature fell away. Obviously, I'm still working on my true nature. But what you're talking about is just being just this yeah. the, and not and not, you know, <clears throat> there's a whole, you know, sort of smorgasbord of things that get in the way or that shroud your ability to access your true nature but ultimately if you can be and then you while you're being you can create and while you can create that creation inspires other people then you can actually completely eliminate your karma and then it's just then all bets are off because at that point you're just on you're just on fire and tesiji talks a lot to me about this and you know, but essentially, you're 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 on your way into the intergalactic, man. If you're not already there, I mean, I think you already are there. But, you know, it's just that is such an interesting and it can be an unnerving place for people. But I feel like you're getting more and more comfortable being as an intergalactic creature, you know. I think that's really pretty amazing, dude. Because the music also, I mean, I, I guess that was the other thing is that do you feel like when you were talking about talking to younger cats and young Nate, like when you're experimenting and you get into something quote unquote weird or non-traditional musically, do you believe that ultimately helped you find your own individual sound? I mean, I've never heard you play, you know, West Montgomery chops or Kenny Burrell kind of Pat Martino, all these beautiful people, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you know, I know you have those, that ability but ultimately, you know, clearly you're not a bebop, you know, post-bop. I mean, you're kind of creating new language. Do you feel like you helped that that early experimentation, however much you leaned into it, helped you find your own individual sound?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And now when I find something that sounds strange or weird or gives me that kind of feeling of like, oh, is something is something wrong? Or is like something uh i don't know what's (laughs) happening i actually now i get incredibly excited because i'm like that thing that's actually what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna do those things like i i I definitely spent a lot of time like learning west montgomery joe pass and like you know transcription and you know so all all of those like uh, John, john mclaughlin too and like uh uh to cg like they've all you know seeped into my being because of just the way of life you know but I, that that unexpected place of like experimentation, where I find the thing, that's what I try to play now. It's like let's let's find as much of that and build my own vocabulary, you know. So yeah, I I,
0: I mean, uh, do you feel that um, you know you had the bebop period, you had post bop, and then obviously that early fusion period. Um, do you feel like uh, there's I just feel like in jazz or melodic improvisation or even, you know, experimental music, I mean, is there new vocabulary that you feel you're you're coming across as it relates to like jazz music or is it not even something you can label? I just feel like we've been stuck without a lot of new vocabulary for a long time. And I just wonder from your point of view, what you're hearing in your own music with your own bands that you consider maybe new vocabulary.
1: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I, I think there is some new vocabulary happening and I, I don't want to sound like, you know, no, I guess I'm asking you to use answers.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. But I, I do feel like that that's what we're leaning into. You know, that's what we like, you know, I, yeah. that's the thing that we're into. That that's That's the thing that kind of bonds all the people that I like to play with actually. That's, that's kind of what forms the groups that I'm putting together is like, are these people explorers? Or are they willing to have a moment of uncertainty? You know, are they willing to like have time in the music where it's like, I don't know what this is, you know, like,
0: <laughs> being and, totally and, vulnerable. I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. a vulnerability.
1: It's trust. And to like, and to not run away from it when it happens to not play a cliche in that moment to like, uh-huh. let's actually just sit here. And if that means we don't play for a second and like the room gets silent, oh my God, like that's, that's like incredibly special, like incredibly powerful too. Cause like there's so much room for things to happen in those places, you know, and totally. Yeah. And I I think vocabulary wise, you know, I, I think of vocabulary in a broader sense with our music, because it's, it's not just like the lead lines I'm playing and it's, it's also the atmosphere that we're creating. It's the intention of the music too. It's also the uh the structures it's all of those things i so, love this nail it yeah i opened the vocabulary up to all of those things it's the mood we're creating it's the like the the kind of like you know maybe deep like psychedelic journeying space that that like we're like you know sizzling in together like and just kind of staying there or like exploring it and like bringing in a a nice cool breeze or whatever however you want to think about it you know like the, all that's our vocabulary you know that's that's the vocabulary i'm interested in exploring and interested in bringing in which is why you know we 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 play in tempo but tempo is another thing that we kind of play with too where it's like tempo dude i'm
0: obsessed a- with i i cannot wait i cannot wait to, for you to tell me that you love tempo shifting because i think that's the best thing in the world oh, Norms, you don't need to be i was gonna say presentation is so like your bands like it's not like, oh, first there's a guitar solo, then there's a this. Sometimes there might not even be a solo. You might all be merging together. But yeah, to me, absolutely. that's vocabulary, you know?
1: Definitely. Yeah, and tempo for me is a big one, especially right now in my life. Because I I feel like it's very meaningful to make music not on a grid. And I'm not opposed to the grid either. I, I actually utilize that in the music as well. That's another part of the vocabulary. But I use it as a a thing to go to not because it's the only thing to go to like we I love to play in free time and then and if in that free time we kind of fall into a tempo or we create a tempo or we're, we're pushing into something it's like we will go there but we're not beholden to it if at, at a certain point someone just kind of branches off into something else it's like I don't know I just I just view it as like scenes like kind of overlaying each other and it's like I, I love the freedom of not having to play in tempo and in time. And I, I feel like it's meaningful to do now because uh, it's the thing wh- when I talk to people about our music, like it's the thing that most people bring up. They're like, how, like, what tempo are you guys in? <laughs> like, yeah, we're in it, every yeah. tempo. Like, we're, we're like, I love breathing. it, man. Jeez. Like, we're breathing together. We're like merging with the energy of the room and ourselves. And like, sometimes, I mean, I've noticed it a lot when I, uh, Surya, Carlos, and I play because like there'll be a moment when like Surya is especially like transcendent when, with these moments. But like we'll think I, I think the song is kind of kind of going into a certain place. We might be like the energy will kind of be flowing towards an ending type feeling, and Surya will just like explode into this other world, and he'll create this huge wave where we'll just like kind of support him on this journey for a bit, and then it'll kind of come back down, and then maybe Carlos will wave somewhere too, and it's just like, oh man, it, there's so much room for. Emotion and staying in the emotions, and to like deeper explore them, and then to like also allow so many things to happen. Like, and tempos is one of those things. It's just one thing that can happen out of many things. And I, I just that that's no open. because it's
0: great because like you're talking about like some traditional predictable ending, but yet you're going to end on a massive freaking wave of sonic expansion that might last ten minutes. You know, instead of just yeah. having norm. To me, that's just you know, man, like. I just feel that that, you know, we're going to have to do set two because, uh, you know, I only want to promote and, you know, I know you have your hands in a lot of different cookie jars and, you know, in terms of production and stuff. But in terms of like, you know, your like your heart, fire, love symbol, it is about I mean, just the idea of what you're talking about, all tempos and Mm -hmm. music that transcends styles and just going with what feels right based on the trust i mean that is not easy to come by in this time and i feel like um because it's not easy it's not easy because everyone does rely on the grid they become hooked on the grid and then they can't get off of the grid or mm. everything is now codified you have curriculums when in fact it's okay to make up the rules and you're not doing anything you know sacrilegious if you have Your rudiments in place so i'm always on the path to find seekers and promote them uh you know that's i'll do that for as long as my show is on nate so i just Mm. bless you man we are going to definitely cook again as as soon as possible and i'm going to uh call to cg and uh when i get the green light I'll, i'll send you his number and you guys need to connect man because i can feel something beautiful in the works coming with you
1: Oh man, thank you so much, Jake. I mean, this has been a true pleasure, and I, I, I really appreciate all your words. You know, you, you've gone to a lot of places with your words today that are just really meaningful to me. And uh,
0: you know and what I just... care about. You know what I care about is that I remember seeing you, <clears throat> and and you know, I, it doesn't bother me either way. But I was like, <clears throat> when I, when you didn't get back to me, I was like, wow, that sucks. You know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what you know. I, I'm not sure what you know what's going on here, but the fact that it's because you happen to be following my spiritual teacher and I repost a quote from one of my interviews with him that you see then I know that we are it, everything is cosmic and at that For point sure, you know what man you deserve yeah. you deserve him man you deserve to see G so and based on your whole where you're at you definitely I mean it's going to it's going to happen man so yeah let's stay in touch it was a ball and we'll do it again
1: absolutely thank you so much Jake yeah we'll we'll do it again
0: yeah much love to
1: Much love, Jake. Be cool. Peace. Peace.